Break the Cycle with DSD, episode number 12. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash DSD and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title free, and start listening. It really is that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash DSD. Welcome to Break the Cycle with DSD. I'm your host, Dwayne, and in this show, I help you break the cycle of emotional abuse and help you get your life back. The information in this show is my opinion and for informational educational purposes only. Please consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your mental health. Today's topic was requested by a listener for more information on family court stipulations. In this episode, I will discuss some of the key issues you need to remember when working on your stipulation. Hey guys, welcome to another episode. Today I want to chat a little bit about stipulations and some of the things that you should think about whenever you're preparing for one and the realities of of the whole legal process when you're dealing with a narcissist and, and what you can expect. Now, as you guys are probably all aware, unless you're very early into the process, you can do stipulations to make agreements uh, basically without having a, court, a judge having to decide, make the decision for you. So basically what you do is you, you sit down either with your attorneys or you do it through mediation and you come up with an agreement that you both agree on and uh, you both sign off on it and then the judge basically stamps it with an approval and you go down your merry way with this signed, sealed and delivered stipulation which is basically outlining everything that uh, – how everything is going to go for your divorce and custody and and assets and all those different things. One of the things that's really problematic in our situations when you're dealing with a narcissist or you're dealing with somebody who is unreasonable or toxic is the stipulation is basically going to give you a framework over the way things are supposed to go, but it doesn't necessarily guarantee that that is the way things are going to play out. Now, and I made some videos uh, probably early in the channel, and I'll link those in the show notes. Uh, I'll find them and, and give uh, give you guys some of the old videos on that. But just to to kind of summarize the situation, the the first thing you need to do is basically realize that just because you're at the end of the divorce process and you, and you have an agreement, it doesn't necessarily mean that everything is going to be you know, peachy keen and perfect and and everyone's going to go their merry way and follow the rules and things are just going to be better. Uh, Unfortunately, that typically isn't the case, especially when you're dealing with somebody who is toxic uh, and they live in chaos and they just want to do everything they can to push your buttons. So that's the main thing to, to realize Going in. Now, here's the second part of this, because you could be thinking, well, Dwayne, if that's the case, then what's the point of this anyways? Well, one, you have to get, you know, that's that's part of the process is getting a, uh, an agreement in court, unfortunately. But the thing is, it's really important is you need to have everything that's really important to you outlined in that stipulation. And what I mean by that is you really need to think long and hard, because depending on how old your children are, you're going to be in this situation for quite a while. And you want to ensure that you have the best chance, best possibility for success before you finally sign off on things. Now, the one thing what I would highly encourage you to do is make a list of everything that is critically important to you. 
if it's holidays, if it's birthdays, if it's a, a religious holiday, it's things as simple that should be straightforward like Mother's Day and or Father's Day. You need to list those and come up with a plan on how it's going to be because if it isn't, there's a really good chance that your narcissistic toxic ex will do everything in their power to thwart you on what would be a reasonable accommodation or solution. For instance, there are people who are uh, viewers of and listeners of the podcast and viewers of the YouTube channel who did not write in uh, Mother's and Father's Day. And that day rolls around and it happens to be happens to fall on the other parent's um, uh, parenting time and won't allow the child to be with the other parent. And, you know, you would think that something like that would be rather simple that, you know, well, if it's Mother's Day, the Obviously, the kids are going to see mom, and if it's Father's Day, obviously, the kids are going to see dad. But the sad reality of this is if you're dealing with somebody who lives in chaos and wants as much conflict and turmoil as possible, if the letter of the, of the law says that it just so happens that my visitation happens to be uh, with my children on Mother's Day, well, you don't get to see the kids. Right, I mean, and it's and it's and it's stupid stuff like that. Or you get in a situation to where you're begging the other person, and they're saying, "Well, I was going to take him to see my mom for you know we are going to celebrate Mother's Day. It's on my time, and and I'm going to take them to see to see their grandma, or to see their great grandma, or to see you know uh, my sisters or whatever." They will come up with a reason why it's okay. The same thing on Father's Day. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. And this is just a, now that's just one example. Now, another example that you should think about is holidays. Now, early in my, my, I didn't think about it. I did not think about the three day weekends and stuff like that. You know, uh, I just, I didn't think about it. It wasn't, it didn't even seem like it was an issue. Then it started rolling around and every three day weekend happened for the first three or four years, happened to fall on mom's weekend. I happen to be off, so it would have been a perfect opportunity for me to have time with the kids. And no, I, it wasn't my time. That was her time, right? So, I mean, and, and, that's, and, you know, and if you look at it, she hasn't worked. It's been since the, from the recording of this podcast, it's been over five years. So she's had five years of, of not having to work and has had pretty much any time that the kids were off has had been able to have quality time with them. And for the first few years, I didn't get any of that. Now, because things rotate around right now, it's not so bad because the last few holidays have been on my weekends. So I have got to see the kids. But I mean, it took, what, five, four years for that to roll around? So that's the type of thing that you need to think about. You know, if you have, if religion is a, is a big step or a big issue for you, uh, whether you want them to be a certain way or you don't, your kids, or you don't want them to participate in something and it's really important to you, you need to have that put down. Now, this rolls back into or rolls into what I was saying when I started this, where I said, you know, a lot of times they're going to fight you on things. So thinking that you're going to be able to say to them, you know, hey, now, Jane, uh, the stipulation says, or our court order says, this is the way it's going to be. You know, at the end of the day, if they try to thwart that, then you're ultimately going to have to go back to court. And then you're going to have to make the decision whether that's the right call for you. And maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. It's hard to say. There are certain things that um, I have uh, let go, a lot of things. And 
there are some things like medical billing. If you've been, if you followed some of my older videos, I've talked about that as an example where I did take her back to court on not paying her part of the medical thing. Now, just as a caveat, that was not through family court. I, I sued her in small claims court, but I was trying to get some recourse to where I could get her to start following that court order. So the, the thing about stipulations is it gives you a framework for your communication and it gives you something to refer back to. Now, ultimately what I did, and I would highly encourage you to do this as well, is instead of trying to get into a discussion with your toxic ex, and, and just as a caveat, before I go any further, let me just say this. If you're dealing with somebody and you've tried to work with them, you've tried to co-parent with them, and it's been an exercise in frustration that just drives you insane, at some point you're going to prove to yourself that they're not going to be reasonable and all they're doing is gaslighting you and using, using the children as pawns to further instill chaos and turmoil and drive you crazy. Now, my point was is what I would recommend you do in those situations is you just follow the court order. And that's ultimately what I did. When we got to the point where there were some ambiguities or there was questions, uh, initially I would say, hey, you know, how about this? How about uh, I get the kids early this time or we switch the time here? And it was always, I felt, it always felt as though if I was asking her for any accommodation, it was going to be used against me for some stupid other thing. For instance, the first year that she had the children. I had the children the first year for Christmas. But the second year, whenever uh, it was her time to have her, her uh, not summer, but the Christmas holiday break with the children, she informed me, I'm taking the kids out of state. And since the kids get out of school, you know, uh, it was there, where the kids go to school, um, they get uh, two and a half weeks off. It's actually annoying. And it's got, it's got its good points and its bad points. But uh, I, I got an email saying, hey, the kids are out of school on, on Wednesday before Christmas, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm just letting you know where I'm taking them out of state, and uh, I'll let you know where we are. And, and if I can let them call you, I'll let them call you, but um, we're out of here. And now for the context of this, the court order was written in such a way, or the stipulated agreement, because technically it, we did agree, it was written in such a way that it said or stated that whoever, you know, one parent, even in odd years, gets the kids from uh, end of, or the last day of school until they go back to school for the break, for the Christmas break. But it said the parent that didn't have the kids was able to see the children on Christmas Day, a time mutually agreed to by both parents. So I, I wrote her back and I said, um, that's great. You can go after, but the court order says that... Uh, I get to see the kids on Christmas. Now, I'm not going to go into a bunch of detail on, on back and forth on this story, but, but suffice it to say that uh, that turned into a multi-week argument where she kept saying, no, I'm leaving. I don't <laughs> And this is where it gets funny with the stipulation. Since the stipulation, in her mind, said that we had to agree on a time for me to see the kids, since she had decided that I wasn't going to see the kids, there was no agreement, so... That was it, <laughs> that she had, she had preemptory uh, decision-making ability to say, no, I've decided that uh, you don't get to see the kids, so um, you, know, you may want to see them, but since I don't agree on a time, then you don't get to see them. Ultimately, because I pushed back rather hard and basically said I was going to call the cops, which was a bluff, just so you guys know, the cops wouldn't have done anything. They would have said it's a family court issue, but that's the direction I took, and it ultimately worked, uh, and they... 
they stayed. I got to see the kids. Well, I made a mistake, and I agreed to see the kids on Christmas Eve uh, instead of Christmas Day. And they got up bright and early on Christmas morning, jumped in the car, and begun a, I don't know, 24-hour road trip from uh, the West Coast to the Midwest. My point on this is that you need to make sure that that you need to think long-term. If your kids are younger and you're going to be dealing with this, if they're, you know, if the bogey for 18 is 12 years or, you know, nine years or God forbid, 17 and a half years, then you need to have a little bit of a strategic path thinking about the long-term consequences of this. Uh, another example that wasn't written in the court order, and I, and I got her to back off on this, is there was a school, you know, school events and stuff, and it, and it was... Uh, uh, was on, you know, on her day. And uh, the, the comment was, well, well you, can't go to the, you can't go to the award ceremony because that's my day. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute, what? You, you, there's an awards ceremony at the school and you're saying that because it's your day with the kids that I'm, I'm not allowed to go participate? And she was dead serious. I mean, that was not, that was a, in her mind, that made sense. And I said, okay, so what you're saying is, is that if the kids graduate high school on my day, you don't get to go. And fortunately, she backed down because that was just stupid. But I've known other people who, who have dealt with that, and, and both parties kind of uh, agreed with that. And if you're in that mode, then you need to make sure that there's some type of agreement or some type of stipulation that covers that. Okay, now, you've heard me say that there are times where they will play fast and loose with the rules on this, and it's like, okay, well, Dwayne, if they're not going to do anything, if they're not going to follow it anyways, what's the point? Well, well, here's the point. If ultimately you do have to go to court, you want to be able to show with documentation and patterns of behavior that they are not following that court order. Does that mean that if you run into court, that the judge is going to, the first time you go in is going to say, you know, ah, you know you're, you're being bad, bad parent number one. And I'm going to hold you accountable. Yeah, probably not. But what they will say is give them a firm warning and say, uh, no, you guys agreed to this, and this is the way it's going to be. And if you come back here, there's going to be problems. So a lot of it is just setting up the, found, the, the framework and the foundation so that if you do ultimately have to fight something later in court, that you have some standing and you have a, uh, a, a enough of an agreement or enough of an understanding to where it's clear enough to where you can – you can um, figure or be able, the judge can basically be able to make a ruling. The other thing on this that can be problematic is that if it's not clear, then you, you're not going to be able to do anything. You might have to go in and may have the stipulation modified to say, okay, well, this is how it's going to work. But if it's vague, then it's going to be a problem. You know, I mean, I mean technically, it probably if I had went to court um, – Probably it wouldn't have been a contempt charge because it said mutually agreed. You know, probably the wording needed to be that uh, the, the parent that does not have the kids for the holiday will get to see the children for a two-hour block or for whatever, you know, four-hour block of time on Christmas Day. You'd even be better off saying from 10, you know, 10 a.m. to, to uh, 2, 2 p.m. You know, so that way there's no, there's no ambiguity on it. And then... You know, if, if everything's fine, if, if you guys can communicate, then, you know, modifying it and, miss, and, and playing, uh, you know, moving the times around is one thing. But if you're dealing with somebody who's going to be a pain in the butt, having specificity could be very advantageous to you because then you could ultimately, this is what I was hinting at before, and I'll, and I'll jump into it again, is you can default to saying, 
Let's just follow the court order. And ultimately, that's what happened with me. My ex would try to use uh, anything she could to try to drive conversation. And part of that would be like, oh, well, if you want to do this, you know, we could, we could agree with this or whatever. And I just finally got to the point after being, you know, having my, uh, her finger jabbed in my eye multiple times, I just finally reverted back to saying, you know what, that's okay. Let's just follow the court order. I'm like, follow the court order. You know, and whenever it was something that didn't work in my favor, I'm like, still follow the court order. And uh, I just, that's the, that's the direction. It, it lowered my stress level because I was not in, stuck in a situation where I was trying to negotiate and trying to, to convince and saying, you know, come on, this is unreasonable. Why can't, you know, we need, we can work together or whatever. It, it was just, it, it gets to the point where it's, it's, it's pointless and all it does is gaslight you and emotionally dysregulates you. And you need to find ways to calm your, your situation down as much as possible as you can with a toxic person and add stability and peace in your environment. That's why it's critically important to try to get the best stipulation, come up with the best wording. When you, when you do that, just so if it gets to the point that it's completely toxic and everything breaks down, that there's a framework that you can default to. That and you know that that's that is that is the critical part of this, you know. And you're going to be the one who knows what's important to you and what isn't. Like, let's say, for instance, another example in my situation is is uh, the my birthday and the ex's birthday are three days apart, way too close. So if I wanted to have my summer vacation with the kids uh, during my birthday time, then it's going to. Um, interfere or it's going to fall in with the ex. And the way the court order is written is that each one of us gets to see the kids on our birthday. So um, there wasn't a stipulation on vacation or anything like that. Now, birthdays aren't really that important to me, and maybe they're super important to you. But it's one of those things that you have to be aware of. I mean, for instance, what I was saying about earlier about the Christmas break, the court order said that whoever doesn't have the kids gets to see them on Christmas Eve. Or not Christmas Eve, on Christmas Day. And I've made a point for the last, since the since this I've been living under this paperwork, I won't leave and take the kids someplace for Christmas. I mean, I've had family push me to do that. You know, well, we should. You know, you should drive eight hours up here, or you should do this for Christmas. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I, the court order says that she, you know she, she gets to see the kids now. So the question is, did she ever tell me that she was going to leave or stay in the state during the Christmas break? No. And for the first few years, she would always leave. And they would celebrate Christmas early, and it's like it was too late. It wasn't like I could sit there and go, okay, well, I can plan to do something. I can plan to take the kids someplace else because I know. There was zero communication. She was under no obligation to tell me, and uh, so I just made sure that we stayed home, and it worked out fine. Did it frustrate some other family members, especially the narcissistic ones? Absolutely. But I was focused on creating the best possible environment for my kids. I was doing everything in my power to make sure that if she was going to stick around and see the kids on Christmas Day, that she had, that they were available to do that. Now, I will say that in the last couple of years, um, she has, or maybe it's the last year, she did. She stuck around. So I dropped them off on Christmas Day. They spent a few hours with her. That was last year. And, uh, you know, and then she brought them back. Now, is there a lot of communication on that? No. <laughs> you know, it's like the last minute. You know, it's like, you know, Christmas Eve. Hey, uh, how about this time to this time? And I just don't engage with it, right? I mean, I just make sure I'm available and I do everything in my power to not have to engage and not have to argue, not have to get into a discussion because it's just counterproductive and it doesn't necessarily accomplish anything. Now, this may not really feel like uh, great news on this because there's a lot of uh, a lot of frustrations about all of this, but... 
But my, my takeaway on this is, one, capture as much as you possibly can that's really important to you. If there's a holiday that's really important to you and you want to make sure that you at least get it every other year, write it in. If things are too darn close, like let's say your birthday or something is on uh, on another holiday and, and, and you want to, well, I mean, you got to be a little bit realistic, but I mean, you know, think about that and, and make sure that you have it ironed out. You're, you're better off having a little bit more in there with more, more detail so that uh, you have something just to revert back to and say, follow the court order. Now, the other thing I want to leave you on this is a lot of times your attorney is like, well, you don't want to add too much in there because, and this is true, that means you have to follow it too. So don't, if, there, if you can't do something, make sure that you don't <laughs> add it in there. Uh, for an example of that is when we were first doing it, we were talking about the transition times. The transition times for the kids would be 5 p.m. when they were out of school. Well, I'm 20 minutes away from, uh, from my house, from where I work, and I get off if I was lucky at that time at 4.30. Normally it was later. I'm like, holy crap, I won't be able to do this. So I made sure that we changed it to 6. And uh, so that's when the transition times are. So think through that because here's the caveat. Had I not changed that and left it, you could rest assured that that would have been a bone of contention and the ex would have used that to say, well, you're supposed to pick the kids up at five and you're not doing it. You're not, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. You also have to be careful that you don't set yourself up with that. So it's, it's, a, it's a weird balancing act. Like I said, your attorney will probably say, do you, you know, do you really want to put that in there? Do you really want to say that specific of a, of a framework for it? So if you're convinced that your ex is toxic and isn't going to work with you, or even if you are starting to suspect that, I would encourage you to, to, to add more detail into it to protect you. So on that, I, I hope that was helpful. Uh, I, if you're in the midst of working on this, then uh, you might not have thought about this. So you know, definitely take a step back and, and make sure you protect yourself. If you've already signed one and, and you're already living this nightmare, uh, my recommendation to you would be, if it's possible, just follow the court order. Even if you don't necessarily like it, unless you're willing to go back to court to try to change it, then just follow it. Because if you're dealing with somebody who's toxic, basically uh, very narcissistic, focused on them and not really on what's in the best interest of your children, you need to be careful because if you are trying to negotiate, they're going to use that as a mechanism to, to gaslight you, to manipulate you, to play games, to try to force communication. And to be perfectly honest, the sooner you can get to the point where you can minimize those interactions, the more stable and uh, better your life is going to be. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Dad's Driving Divorce on stipulations. If you are currently in the process of this, work closely with your attorney to make sure that they understand the situation that you're dealing with. Hopefully they do. Hopefully they understand toxic personality types and help you to protect yourself long term. Because the last thing you want to do is have to go back to court. I'd like to ask you a favor if you could take a little moment and run over to iTunes and provide a review of this podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. You give the opportunity to give it a star rating, I think from zero stars to five stars and write a review. That would be incredibly helpful. Make sure you check out the show notes over at dadsurvivingdivorce.com slash podcast 011. 
two, that will give you the, the show notes for this podcast and all the links of everything that we talked about. Thanks again for joining me, and I will catch you on the next podcast.